not here today to try to get anything done. We're here today, Father God, just to worship you in spirit and in truth and to give you glory, honor, and praise for what you've done on our behalf. God, we're so thankful. God, we thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus that redeemed us, the blood of Jesus that reconciled us, the blood of Jesus that justified us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that sanctified us. God, if it wasn't for the blood, there would not be any remissions for sin. So we thank you, God, that we're already forgiven. We're not trying to be forgiven, but we're already forgiven. So we thank you. God for the blood of Jesus on today now father God I thank you that you reign and you rest in this place on today God and God every spirit of opposition God that was sent out against us today God to hinder God to oppress God to do havoc God in this place God I bind right now in the name of Jesus and I thank you on today that you have already sent your word God and you have already healed us and delivered us from our destruction God even on today God I thank you God that the joy of the Lord on today is our strength God in Jesus name I thank you on today that our steps are ordered of you today for you said a good man's steps are ordered of the Lord and I thank you on today that we're all lenders and not borrowers God in the name of Jesus God I thank you on today that we're blessed in the city we're blessed in the fields we're blessed in the fruit of our womb everything that our hands touch on today God it is blessed because you have given us the power on today to get wealth God I thank you on today God that we in covenant with you God and God you will not break your covenant with us nor alter the things that have gone out of your mouth God on today so God we thank you that we're walking in our blessings God in Jesus name God we thank you and we praise you God that the favor of the Lord surrounds us today like a shield we have favor with you today God we have favor with man in the name of Jesus So we receive that favor on today in Jesus' name. And Father God, I speak on today that what the enemy has stolen, God, he shall return sevenfold in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we honor you. We glorify you. And God, we thank you that we have more than enough to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, we honor you, we glorify you, and Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, bring the word back to our remembrance. Reveal unto us, Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for the angels today. The angels that hearken unto the voice of your word. And I thank you that those angels are ready, God, to go out on assignment, God. We're putting those angels to work today, God. They're not unemployed, God, in this house. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see what the Lord has to say to his people on today, because I believe God has Um, brought a word into this house and the word that God is bringing I pray that your hearts are open and receptive to receive this right now rhema word from the Lord amen 
Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the third chapter. We're going to go into the book of wisdom, amen? And we want to hear some wisdom on today, and we want to take this wisdom to heart. We don't want to leave out of here the same, but we want to leave out of here knowing that change have come to this house, amen? God is a good God, isn't he? And he alone is worthy to be praised. So Proverbs, the third chapter, I'm going to begin at verse 1, but we're going to go all through the word of God because he has a word. Proverbs, the third chapter, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. I'm going to read it again. My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. We're going to stop at that verse, but we're going to go on with the rest of the verses. But this is what God is telling you today. He's saying, forget not my law. Forget not my law. And God is bringing us to the body of Christ because last Sunday we talked about being a Christ-centered church. Everything that we do should be centered around him. Anything that we're doing that's not centered around Christ is out of order. It's out of the pattern of God. It's out of the will of God. And this is why we have to know what the word of God is saying unto us so everything would be centered around Jesus Christ. Because we went over last Sunday on how everything was created by him. And everything that was created by him, if it wasn't for him, nothing would be made. And being that everything was created by him, it takes the word of God, which brought creation in place, which is Jesus Christ, to put things back in order that's out of order. We cannot do anything without the word. And I believe this is what we saints are trying to do. We're trying to do things without the word. And I'm here to tell you, you cannot do nothing without the word. Because the word is what saves you. Because we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. So you were born again. It took the word of God for you to be born again. Without the word, you will not be born again. So we have to understand we cannot leave the word out. And God is saying, that we are leaving the word out and that's what the enemy want when we get in um, different situations we run the man instead of running to the word and there's a problem saints because we look up to man more than we look up to God man didn't save you Jesus did the word he the man couldn't save you none of us could save ourselves it took the word of God coming down out of heaven And becoming flesh to die for us in order for us to be saved. Isn't that something to think about? The word is what saved you. It was not man. And see, the word took on flesh, y'all. When we look in the beginning, we see how God spoke the worlds into existence. But it was by faith the worlds were spoken into existence by the word of God. God said, let there be. And guess what? There was. And not only saying that, it was good. Everything that God made was good. Because everything God create is good. So God is bringing back in this house to say, Don't forget my law, my sons. He's talking to women as well as children, as well as um, men. He said, don't forget my law. He said, you're forgetting my law. This is why things are not working out in your life because you're forgetting my law. Why do we forget the law? Because the law is not in our heart. That was that next part of that verse. It says, let thine heart keep my commands. Anything that you want to keep, you're going to protect it. 
that means um, the word of God has to get down in our heart. Our heart is our treasure. You know how you might have a treasure box in your house and that box have some of your valuables in it and you guard that with your life and you say, nobody go in that box. I'm the only one that go in that box. I have the key to that box. And if anything get missing, I know somebody took it because I told you not to mess with my box, right? So your heart is your treasure. And this is where the word of God is stored up in you. And if the word of God is in your heart, you're not going to forget it. See, the reason we forget the word because it's in our head. See, we can repeat what's in our head, but guess what? That's not helping us. Head knowledge don't help you. But I'm telling you, when you get some heart knowledge on the inside of you and it's in your heart, that's what you're going to talk about. That's how you're going to live. That's who you become. Too many of us are trying trying to recite the word of God. We're trying to get it into our head, but God said that word got to get in your heart. And when you get it in your heart, people are going to know where you're from. It's too many of us that say that we're saved, but we're not living like we're saved. And there's a problem. And the reason is, is because we're forgetting the word. And see, when he was talking here, he said, my son, forget not my law. So we got to understand that they were taught the word of God. They were taught how to live. And he was telling them, you cannot forget this. When we go over to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, he's saying the same thing in another verse. Verse four, he taught me also. And said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Retain me to lay hold of my words. Those words have to, y'all, be in your heart. Why? Because Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, the enemy don't want you to have life. He wants you to have death. And even though that we're saved, we're born again, and we have accepted Jesus, guess what? Some of us are still accepting death. Because if the word of God is not in your heart, then it's not going to be coming out of your mouth so you can receive the life from that word. The enemy knows that. That's why the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is he trying to steal? The word of God. Why is he trying to steal the word? Because the devil even know that the word will give you life. He said, I don't represent life. I represent death. So I'm going to stop you from receiving that word because that word is going to produce something. That word is to produce life in every area of your life and your circumstance. So the enemy say, I want to take that word from you before that word can get rooted on the inside of you. This is why he bring division in the house of God. This is why he bring offense. This is why he brings strife. He bring all of these things because those things represent death. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and it is peace. And he said, I'm not going to let you have no peace up in here because if I let you have peace, peace brings healing. Peace brings deliverance. See, that's why he's Jehovah Shalom. He said, when Jehovah Shalom step in the house, he said, there's going to be some peace. There's going to be some deliverance. There's going to be some healing. There's going to be some prosperity. He said, that's why I can't allow Jehovah Shalom to step in. Because if he step in, then you're going to receive what he have. And I want you to think you don't have nothing. So he said, I want to steal it before it is rooted in your heart. And guess what? We allow him to do it. Because God has given us his word. 
The word is on the inside of us. But the problem is we're not connecting to what we already have. See, y'all, we have something to do. You just don't get saved and miss hell. See, there's still something that you have to do. You can't be no more conformed to this world. You got to be transformed. You got to be changed by the renewing of your mind. See, some of us don't want to be transformed yet. We don't want to be changed because we still want to be worldly minded. We want to be currently minded. We want to still do what the world is doing. And as long as you're doing what the world is doing, you can't receive life from this word. Even though you're in the word, you're not receiving life from the word because you got blockers. And the enemy knows as long as I can keep those blockers there, you are not going to receive the life that this word is giving you. This is why in Proverbs 18 it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? That means I have death and I have life in my tongue. And whatever I'm talking about, whether it's death, that's what I'm filling myself up with. That's what I'm eating. If I'm speaking life, that's what I'm full of. I'm full of life. So when you begin to speak death, that's what's coming from your inner being. That's what's coming from your heart. When you begin to curse people, when you begin to do stuff outside of the will of God, that's what you have in your heart. Because the Bible said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. So the enemy, what he want us to do is to spend most of our time hearing death sentences. He want us to spend most of our time complaining and mumbling about different things. That brings death, y'all. God said, do all things without complaining and mumbling. This is what he says. When we get in a situation, we have to remind ourselves, I'm not going to complain about that because that ain't going to do me no good complaining. Complaining don't bring me life. Complaining bring me death. Yes, Lord, I don't like the situation. I'm not even denying that what's going on in my life right now, but I'm not going to accept it because that's not who I am now that I'm in Christ. I'm not going to accept defeat because defeat is not in God's vocabulary because he told me that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So no, I'm not accepting that. That is not going to be retained in my heart. I'm not going to store that up in my heart. Because that's not who I am. Ask your neighbor, say, who are you? See, some of us don't even know who we are. See, now that I'm in Christ, I am a new creation. I don't live off of who I used to be, y'all. See, I'm living off of this newness of life that's on the inside of me. I have a new nature in me. That old sinful nature that drove me and compelled me to do what I knew I should not be doing. See, that died. And now when I rose again, I'm supposed to rise in a newness of life. I don't supposed to be focused on if I used to prostitute. I don't supposed to be focused on if I used to be a drug addict because that's not who I am now. So I don't want to talk about where I used to be. I'm telling you where I am now in Christ. You're spending too much time talking about where you used to be when you're supposed to be pressing towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Paul said, I don't look behind me I press in front of me because I know who I am you don't have to remind me that I used to persecute the Christians yes I used to do that but that ain't who I am now in Christ I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me so don't be telling me that's 
who I am because that's not who I Let me tell you something. We spend too much time justifying who we are. I ain't got time to justify to you. See, when I live my life according to his word, that's justification. See, we spend too much time explaining to people why I don't gossip no more. When we should be pressing. We spend too much time telling people why I don't drink no more. Why I don't do this no more. Why? See, you still think you that way because you're spending too much time talking about where you used to be. Yes, you have a testimony to tell people. Let me tell you something. Yes, I used to be a crackhead, but that ain't who I am now. Ain't no crack in my head because I have the mind of Christ. That ain't who I am now, y'all. So I'm using that as a testimony, but I ain't there no more to let you know if he delivered a crackhead like me, he's already done delivered you because he delivered me. We spend too much time when he said that therefore if any man be in Christ, oh, y'all got to understand about being in Christ. See, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. See, this is what I understand, y'all, when it comes to death. That means that when a person die, the only thing you see in is a dead body. That's that shell. See, that spirit and that soul, it's gone. See, the part of them where they were alive with is already gone. You just see in that body. This is why I say ashes to ashes, dust to dust, because that body is going back to the dust, but that spirit is going back to the father. So you got to understand something. Once that old man and you die, it is dead. It is not going to be resurrected. But the reason why it is resurrected is because we allow the enemy to dictate to us about who we used to be. We allow those things to rise up, but it's dead, y'all. We're supposed to be living a new life in Christ. How do I live my new life in Christ? According to the word. See, you got to go into the word. The word is your spiritual mirror. If you're not going into the word to know who you are now that you're in Christ, you're going to still meditate on who you used to be or what you don't have or who's not in your life. Come on, y'all. You got women now saying, I'm 30 years old and I ain't got a man. Well, maybe God is telling you you don't need one. You're spending too much time worrying about having a, a man and a woman instead of spending time in the word of God to give you comfort to let you know you ain't alone. We spend too much time on what the world say we should have. Come on, you go to a psychiatrist, the first thing they'll tell you, how old are you? Well, I'm 30 and climbing. Well, by now, you should have somebody in your life. You need to get out there. You need to go to these swinger clubs. You need to make yourself available. Get more on social media. See, they're telling you what the world is doing, and you save. So then it's changing your way of thinking. It's changing what you were, what you were taught. See, this is why he's saying here, my son, forget not my law. Why did he keep saying that? He said, because I know how, what I taught you. See, this is the thing that when it comes to our children, y'all, we're supposed to raise them up in what? The ammunition of the Lord, right? 
So, but the, the question here is, how can we raise our children up when we ain't been raised up? You got some young folk trying to raise babies up and they babies themselves. They're trying to make it themselves. This is why you need to be in a godly home. This is why you need to have godly principles in that home. Some people only got raised up on how to party. How to do this and do that the way the world does it. But see, God always have a plan. Even when you raise in those environments, he always have a granddaddy or a grandmother or aunt or uncle or somebody house that you go over to and they begin to tell you truth. See, God always have a plan. So ain't a person in this room got an excuse. Because if it wasn't in your house, it had to be in your grandmama house. If it wasn't in your grandmama house, it had to be in your aunt and uncle house. God got a house for you to go in that you visit to give you truth. Come on somebody God ain't gonna leave you to yourself he's gonna have that word given to you so you can be raised up with that word because he know what you need because he know the plan and the purpose so nobody in here can't say they ain't heard about Jesus when you were a little baby when you were coming up you heard it from somebody so when you raise people up in the word guess what they ain't gonna forget it because that's all they they kept hearing They kept hearing about Jesus as Lord. They kept hearing about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Maybe at that time they was thinking, oh, they ain't taking it in. But guess what? That word comes back to them when they hear that gospel being preached. And then the Holy Spirit began to come in and draw them unto God through that word. So this is why he's saying, my son, forget not my teaching. Forget not my law. You know what? Some of us want to forget it. Because we're still holding on to something. So I'm going to ask you, what are you holding on to so much that you don't want to let go of? Some of us is holding on to pride. Because we want to be exalted. We don't want to let go of pride because we're thinking if I let go of pride, people ain't going to respect me like I need to be respected. Where pride is, y'all, there's a fall. And I'd rather let go of something that's going to cause me to fall than to hold on to it to be exalted and when you try to be exalted above God you walking just like Satan and the enemy knows that so he's saying forget not my words so the word of God has to be in your heart and in order to get the word in your heart you got to spend time with the word and this is what I love so much y'all when I was uh, going through what I was going through, I wanted a quick fix. So my quick fix was to get people to bring me the word, to cheer me up at that time. And I felt good for that moment. But after that moment left me, I was still in the same condition that I was in. But one day I realized I got to get the word for myself. I got to get the word in me. I got to learn the word for myself. And as I began to go into the word of God, y'all, there began to be illumination in some areas. There began to be some light in some areas. And my life began to change. So my thing is, if you want change, you can have change. But some of us get so lazy, we want to stay in the same situation. And we want people to feel sorry for us. I don't feel sorry for you when you got the word. I don't feel sorry for you. Not going to baby you when you get in the word. When you're getting taught the word, there is no excuse. Because the word is what brings you life. Quit making excuses for people. Well, you know, they can't. Can't do what? 
Come on, they, they can get up and they can go to the bathroom, can't they? Yeah, they can get up and fix their food, can't they? Yeah, they can go to work, can't they? Oh, yeah, they go to work. Case closed. We can do everything except get in the word. We make excuses when it comes to the word of God. Why? Because you're letting the enemy deceive you. You're putting everything before the word. Well, I, I just didn't feel like... um. Getting in the word. Let me tell you something. When the word get in you, you don't have to open the Bible because it's in you now. So you can begin to moan it out. You can begin to groan it out. You can begin to think about it. Why? Because it's coming from your inner being. That's why you got to get the word in you because it's going to come a time when you can't even move your lips. It's going to come a time when you don't want to be bothered with nobody. It's going to come a time when you feel like you're losing your mind. But when you go into your treasure box and you say, Holy Spirit, remind me of the word that he spoke unto me. All of a sudden, the words of life just be coming and coming and coming and coming. And all of a sudden, you restore. It's no excuse. Look at your neighbor say, it's no excuse. Say, it's no excuse. Say, quit making excuses. He said, forget not my word. So God began to show me from the third chapter to the fourth chapter, he's saying the same thing. Why he keeps saying this? Because this person know what the word does. See, when you know what the word does, that's going to be the first thing you go to. Is the word because you know the effects of the word. Right there in that fourth chapter again, it's saying, my son, pay attention to my word. Here we go again. Why does he keep saying the same thing? My son, pay attention to my words. Attend to my words. That means pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. That means right now, while the word of God is going forth, I use this illustration. Your ear should be so far up here at this pulpit. That you say, I don't want to miss nothing. Shh. See, because when you come into the house of the Lord, you don't want no disturbance around you. You don't want nobody. If you don't quit popping that gum. See, you begin to get spiritually angry because you're trying to attend. You're trying to pay attention. You incline in your ear. But all of a sudden, the devil using somebody by you to crack on some candy. Or using somebody by you. Got some candy, got a piece of gum, and you missed the, the punchline because the enemy used them to take you. Y'all don't hear me, it's happening right now. Or oh, all of a sudden you, you awoke and then the next thing you know you sleep, you're drifting off. See, that's what the enemy does because the enemy know that that word will quicken you. That word will give you life. So he said, my son, attend to my words, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. He said, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And this is what he's telling you happens when you do this. For they are life unto those that find them and help to all their flesh. Let's talk about being life to all those that find them. So it tells me many people not find them. Many people not paying attention to the word. This is why they're not receiving life from it. See, if you got death going on in your house, a deaf spirit, and what I mean a deaf spirit, that means anything outside of the will of God represent death. If you bring life in your house, the word, it's going to change the atmosphere. Everything in that atmosphere is going to begin to change. He says, so they are life to those that find them. 
When have you found the word? You find it when you get in it. He said, ask. What is it? Ask. Ask and you shall what? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall what? Knock. And the door shall be open. See, we ain't got no asking. We ain't got no seeking. And we ain't got no knocking because we're too busy. We're too busy to get into the word. And this is what I have learned, y'all. The enemy want to keep you out of the word because he wants you to get associated with things that you think is the word, but the word ain't about those things. See, when you know what the word of God says, nobody can fool you. Nobody can try to put you in a place that you shouldn't be in. That's why the word, it brings life. He said, not only does it brings life, but it brings medicine that help. That means it's medicine to all flesh, all flesh, whatever is going on with you. When you begin to put the word on it, it's going to bring life. It's going to bring medicine to your body. If you want your body the way it need to be, I double dog dare you to speak the word over your body. It's going to act right. It's going to be regulated the way it's supposed to. Why? Because it was created by the word of God. And see, the enemy knows this. This is what the enemy want, y'all. Do you know why the enemy want people to be so high on drugs? Because he can control them through those drugs. And understand that your body was not created by drugs. God did not create your body by using drugs. Y'all didn't know that, did you? So when your body feed on drugs, your body begin to shut down in some kind of way. Because that's not what your body is accustomed to. This is why when you get drugs, it has side effects. Because they know it's going to be some side effects. Because your body cannot take what those drugs are bringing. Because it was not created by drugs. When your body build up a tolerance for those drugs, it don't do the body no good. So see, when the drug go into your body, your body is getting used to that drug. So when your body go through, your body say, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. You give it the drug, the body get calm. Y'all don't get it? Because that's what the body is accustomed to. Whatever your body is accustomed to having, that's what it wants. So when you give it to it, your mind is saying, you're going to be okay now, body, because I'm giving you what you want. But when you give your body the word and it's not accustomed to the word, it's going to begin to reject it. It's going to begin to act out because it never got the word the way it need to get the word. If the body got the word in the beginning and always get the word, when something come up, the body is going to quickly get back in place. The reason why your body don't quickly, immediately get like it's supposed to be because it ain't used to the word like it's used to medicine. Even a doctor tell you, once your body build up a tolerance for medication, they say, we got to try another one. Y'all didn't know? Once your body build up a tolerance from that, you got to start double dosing. To get the effect you want, you got to give your body more of it so your body can react to it because they say those doses don't work no more. I done got immune to that. Then when your body get immune to that, it knocks something else out of whack. 
They take your blood, they run a test, and say, oh, your liver ain't acting right. It was due to this medicine. So to get your liver right, I got to give you this. You know what they do in the lab, darling? Them levels ain't right. They got to find a medicine to get them right. Then that throws something else off. Y'all don't know? You don't want to know. You know why you don't want to know? Because it's good for you. Because it, it's quick. It's quick for you. You don't want to dig in here. You don't want to do what the word says because you want a quick fix. I got to go to work. I got to sleep at night. So I want to get me a quick fix so I can lay down. You don't understand. I'm just tired. So when they tell you everything I have given you don't work, you got to live this way. Now you're blowing up. Devil is a lie. God said by Jesus Christ I was healed. I know I'm talking right. Ain't that what we do, Rico? That's what we do. Rico, come here for a second. That's what we do, y'all. See, when man get to the last, that's when we bought Jennifer. Now I'm a soldier. In the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier in his army. See this little warrior right here? If truth be told, let me tell you something. She was so sedated and knocked out, she didn't know what she had. But whatever that was giving her, she was seeing another destination. Seeing another destination. But see, what they figured was, what they were doing was helping her. But see, when they found out what they were doing wasn't helping her, they put a death sentence on her. They say, you know, if you want to come, come now because you ain't going to see her no more. They medicine, they machines, they stuff wasn't helping you no more, Rico. So they say, let's call in all the family to come in and go and say your last goodbyes. But God intervened. See, you got to understand, man can't take credit for that. See, because when she woke up out of her state, she knew it had to be Jesus. She knew it didn't have to be man, because let me tell you something. The word will quicken you. The word will bring life unto you where death is. See, you were like those booms that God told Ezekiel, baby, to speak to everything. Look like it was dried up. Look like it wasn't no hope. But God sent Ezekiel in the midst. He said, I need a man that will go in the midst of this dead situation and speak what I'm telling him to speak. I need my word to hit Rico the way it need to hit Rico outside of what death saying oh death where is thy sting so God began Ezekiel coming on the scene and God said Ezekiel see this is what he got to ask you can these dry bones live and Ezekiel answered him right surely he said now God you know about these bones you know about them you know they can live he said but Ezekiel I need your help he said, I need for you to be my spokesman concerning these bones, but you can only speak what I tell you to speak. So that mean Ezekiel had to be in the spirit on the Lord's day to hear the exact word that God wanted him to speak. So he began to speak to those dry bones. And as he began to speak the word over those dry bones, they felt some life. Those bones began to rumble. So Ezekiel knew there's a life in those bones. But God said in order for them to live they need some breath 
So he began to speak breath and life over those bones. And they came up as a mighty army. Now we know he was talking about Israel. But God used that to show us how effective the word of God is, y'all. And God said, we're leaving out the word and we're putting everything else before the word and we're expecting life. Y'all, people done lost their mind. People done went crazy. They thinking you're going to get life outside the word. Uh-uh, not going to happen, Captain. This is life right here walking. When there was an evil report, God said, see, I want man to know they can't do it. He said, that's when I'm going to step in. When man know they can't fulfill this, he said, that's when I'm going to step in and know, let them know I'm king of kings. I'm Lord of lords. I'm the great I am that I am. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It ain't going to be you that do it. It's going to be my power that come in and resurrect the dead. It ain't going to be you. You got to see me even in this dead situation. Rico, just get your dance on. Yeah, get your dance on. We got to know there is resurrection power. When it come to God, he said, I want to show them my glory. I want to show them my power. But it got to come through you. Isn't he a good God? Isn't he a good God? He's an awesome God. He's worthy to be praised, y'all. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Athea, what's that song I'm going to dance? I need it. You know what I'm talking about? What is it, Tony? Dance like David Dance. You got that one? I'm going to tell y'all something. God is right in the midst of you, even right now. Because, see, when his word come in the house... He's right here because he's the word. Y'all don't understand. You're supposed to be grabbing that word. So, oh, he's in the house. He's in the house. But what do we do? We sit there and go. God is just so good. Athea, it's okay, baby. It's okay. We'll get it. Hallelujah. See, sometimes, y'all, we need to be reminded of the goodness of Jesus. We need to be reminded of what he done for us. When it didn't look like it could be done, y'all. See, when it looked like it was the final count, <laughs> looked like Rico wasn't coming back up, God say, ain't so. He said, that ain't the plan I got for Rico. Rico shall live and not die. And she shall declare the works of the Lord. See, God will give you another opportunity. He'll give you another chance to let the devil know, I ain't going out like this. Come on and give him glory. God is so awesome, y'all. He is so worthy. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. He is so, so good, y'all. And guess what? We're not even through with the message. God is so good, isn't he? God knows how to stir you up. You get stirred up through his word, y'all, because the word is what brings life in your dead situation. So we go on to see that he said, this is what we have to do. You have something that you have to do. So the question is, why aren't we doing it? Because we think it don't work. Anything you don't do, you don't think it work. You want to find another solution. And this is what we do. We, we say, um, oh, what do you think I should do? Say, folk. How do you think I should go about this? And they'll say this. Put them in hospice. They done lived their life long enough here on earth. Just go ahead and turn them over to hospices. Nothing else that we can do. This is why y'all, all of us in this room got to be in a place with God to know when it's your time. Because we take what they say and say it's true. Let me, let me say this. I'm not saying in this room that God don't use doctors, godly doctors. But anybody that don't know Jesus, they're going to go on natural. But the ones that know Jesus are say, don't pull that plug. There's still life there. People that get tired of messing with folk say, just let them die. Y'all, in the healthcare profession, I have heard testimony from nurses that said, I get tired of seeing the same mess. The only time they come in this hospital is when they want to be revived and they want more drugs to get out of their situation. When they get billed back up, they go back into the same place. I got news for y'all. They're getting tired of seeing the same thing. But our place as the people of God is to minister life to them so the doctors won't see and the nurses won't see the same thing. We're supposed to be telling them a different report. But what we do is going back in there yeah that helps but in their recovery we need to be a part of that because if not guess what when they get tired of messing with you they let you die they don't do nothing else for you they let you die because they say you want to die die because they're tired of messing with you they're tired of your moaning they hear you moaning and they let you die because they say even obesity a person that's big, they don't know understand the root why that person eat themselves to be that big. But then when you moaning, they're thinking they just hungry. They can't have nothing but jello. We ain't giving them nothing else to eat. The person in there dying, and they looking at, they just, they, they need to lose some weight. Because they don't care no more, y'all. See, they don't care no more because they're tired of seeing the same thing. See, when even people in different professions, when you see the same thing over and over again, you're not enthused no more helping nobody. Because you're saying they're going to go right back to the same thing. What's the difference? Just leave them to the self. Let them die. That ain't your choice. That's up to God. Y'all, we as the people of God are supposed to have a different way of seeing our heart's supposed to be different. Even when it looks dead, we're supposed to say there's still life there. Just because you see a person that's swiveled up. Y'all, I remember one time 
um, I don't know if you remember this, Kathy. It was a girl that come up to the altar and bless her heart. She looked toe up and everything, and God ministered to the girl and spoke life to her. So was it the next Sunday? The next Sunday, I called this girl back up. Didn't know who she was. The girl looked like a Bobby doll. Didn't know who she was. I'm encouraging the girl. She said, I'm the one from her last Sunday. I said, won't he do it? y'all and I sat there and I was just teaching myself happy and I was like okay Lord we, we got to retain the word in our heart because as we began to speak the word it's it's producing life right but this is what the Lord began to show me y'all now remember I said how the word brings you life right that next verse in Proverbs um, 3 2 it says for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee wow that's why he said, I don't want you to forget it. I want it to go into your heart because it's going to bring length of days, long life, and peace. Peace represents health. Peace represents prosperity. It represents deliverance. He says, so when you keep my word in your heart, this is what you're going to have because this is what you're going to be speaking. You're going to have long life. You're going to have length of days. You're going to have peace. He said, this is what my word does. So the enemy don't want you to speak my word. He wants you to speak gloom and dome. He wants you to always talk about what you don't have. You need to be talking about what you have now that you're in Christ. You need to say, devil, you know what? You're right. I don't have it. But it ain't me living no more. I'm living in Christ. So I got everything I need. You, you told that. That's half of a lie right there. But let me tell you what truth says. I don't have it, but it ain't me no more. Galatians said, I've been crucified, and the life I live now, I live it in Christ. My life is hid in Christ in God, so that means I have a new life. So guess what? I may look broke in my bank. That may 
may be who I used to be, but I got everything I need. I got abundance and I got no lack because God supplied it. Catch this, y'all. He supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So that means now that I'm in him, I'm wealthy. See, we're missing it. We're trying to obtain something. He said, I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings. Guess where they're at? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now that I'm in Christ Jesus, Julia Davis, I got some spiritual blessings, baby. So down here on earth, it may look like ain't nothing in my bank. Yes, it is. Because everything heaven has in this bank, I got it in mine. Let me tell y'all this right here. God is so good because God has a way of doing things. God has a way of showing you stuff through his word. Um, my husband um, showed me his phone one day. And when he showed me his phone, it was stuff just scrolling up, scrolling up. I'm like, what's this stuff? And all this stuff just scrolling up on this phone. And I'm seeing prices over here by it, just scrolling up, long list of stuff. My husband said, look at that right there. I'm looking at it. He said, that's somebody out of Miami, Florida who bought all this stuff from the ministry and done paid for it and waiting on it to be delivered. List that long, y'all, with CDs, anointing oil, out of Miami, Florida. Guess what? They want the word. And the word that they want is how to apply the word. All these teachings dealing with the word of God, they were ordering this. They wanted it from the ministry. And I told my husband, I say, check PayPal to make sure this is real. And it was legit. They ordered, y'all, a lot of products from this ministry, and mainly it was on the word of God. It was dealing with the heart. So that tells me somebody want what God is giving you guys. Somebody want the word because they know the word works. And that's why every day we should be serious when it comes to the word. We're supposed to say, you know what? I don't need Captain Crunch this morning. I need the word of God because Captain Crunch can't bring me life like the word can. Because the Bible said man don't live by crap, Captain Crunch alone. <laughs> but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You remember that when you eating your cereal and you ain't been with Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit remind you, he'll say, Teresa, you don't live by spots alone. <laughs> but you live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You're going to let that spot go and say, sure, you're right, Holy Spirit. I need some word today. And sometimes we don't understand why we need that word for that day. But then when something come up, you begin to get your dance on and say, I understand why I had to put the spot down. I understand why I had to go in the word of God because I had to speak life over this dead situation. Y'all, I'm telling you, God is so good when it come to his word. So he telling us what the word will do. But then, y'all, I'm going to bring it on home for you. Go with me to Deuteronomy. The fourth chapter. All right, we're getting past breakfast. We're going into lunch. And let's see if we can get some dinner. But I'm going to say this. Sunday school, you should have had your breakfast. Amen. The word coming Sunday school, that was your breakfast. See, you're getting three meals today. Okay, Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. I want y'all to listen to this. Pay attention. This is Moses. He said, now, therefore, hearken 
Oh, Israel. He was talking to God's what? Covenant people. Hearken me to listen, to hear. This is the first thing he said. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statues and unto the judgments which I teach you. So Moses said, I'm getting ready to teach you judgments and statues. He's getting ready to teach them, you know, the word coming from God. He said, now you got to hearken. You got to listen unto this. Y'all, it is so important. This is this. Moses taught them the word, right? Moses was a mouthpiece for God. He was a prophet. But today, y'all, you have the word for yourself. The Bible says you have an unction, an anointing, which is coming from the Holy Spirit that will teach you all things, where you will know all things. This is why I say we don't have an excuse. Quit waiting on a prophet to bring you a word. Because you have the word of God now for yourself. No prophet don't have to go to God and say, I got a word for Brother Terry. And I need for you to take this word to Brother Terry. He don't have to worry about getting into his Bible because I'm going to feed him and feed him well. No, that prophet is only going to bring you a word that God has already spoken unto you. They're going to confirm the word of God that has already been spoken. Sometimes they'll give you a word for in the future. That's what you put on the shelf. But he said, hearken. He said, pay attention. Listen unto these judgments and statutes that I'm going to teach you. Now, the other part of this, yes, the Holy Spirit can teach you. That's his job. He's not going to go outside of truth. But God also put people in the body of Christ, which is the fivefold, to teach you the word of God. So we do have people in the body of Christ to teach you the word of God. So he goes on to say, now, once you listen to that word, And you're taught that word. Listen what happens. For to do them. Uh Uh-oh. Once you get taught, you're supposed to do. If you ain't doing, you ain't listening. And I'm going to give you an example. We got all y'all in this place right now. If I started over here and ended up back there with Terry, what I said would be different. Because people ain't paying attention. They're not listening. I'll give you an example of this. I can be around four people. And I can say something. Or say many things. But somebody may say I said something I did not say. Three out of the four said what I said. One out of the four didn't say they didn't. She didn't say that. But three caught it. One didn't. That means the one that didn't catch it was bombarded in their mind, was, had their minds on the other stuff instead of on what was being said. See, that's how we can get mixed up. We can have our minds so far out there in left field that you're missing what God is speaking to you today. This is how we miss God because we spend too much time in suspicion, pondering, reasoning to see if I'm talking about you Instead of taking the word of God for yourself, meaning that, no, 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 that ain't for me. See, you let the devil play with your mind and you miss what God is saying because you got a spirit of suspicion and you need to get rid of it. Too many people are too suspicious. Why? Because they done been beat up so much in church that they ain't going to get beat up no more. So they're going to put up a wall and that wall got a little crack in it just for me. A little crack. Because everybody else that tow you up, that mess you up, dealing with preachers or whoever, 
You're going to give me a little bit of crack to go in, but you still ain't hearing what I'm saying because you're still dealing with suspicion. And then you talk about it so much, you get somebody to believe something that I did not say, and they're agreeing with you and wasn't even in the room. It's what the devil does. Well, excuse me, were you sitting there with us? No, I wasn't, but I believe what they said. Shut up, devil. (laughs) Get thee behind me, devil. You talking to me? What did I say? So this is what I'm saying, y'all. This is what the enemy does. He want to twist the word. (laughs) This is so funny. (laughs) We can be sitting somewhere. I use me for yesterday. We had to take Ariel back yesterday. And my husband was trying to get to Franklin Street. And I'm trying to pay attention to where we are too. So he said, I got to go that way, man. I said, no, you don't. You go this way right here. He said, if I go back that way, it's the wrong way. I said, no, it ain't. You go this way. So anyway, confusion come in the midst, but he was right where he was going. So he started driving, and then he said, I'm going to go straight ahead. I said, yeah, go straight ahead. So I was in agreement with him, right? So we get straight ahead. He said, I'm going to turn this way. I said, you need to keep going. He said, and look, there go the sign right there that say Franklin Street. So me and him fussing about who was right and who's wrong. So this is the funny part, y'all. So when you get so confused trying to think about what you're saying, my husband say, see, Amanda, you told me to go this way right here. I said, I ain't tell you to go that way. (laughs) He said, you told me to go this way. And then it got to the point. He was talking to me. You told me. I'm looking straight ahead like I'm not even in the car. (laughs) And then he said, I say, yeah, that's right. Go that way right there. <laughs> so, so even my daughter got me. And I said, they were right. I was taking him the wrong way. What am I saying? If you don't pay attention, pay attention, y'all. We walk in that campus. And by the way, all that snow coming down and rain. And we walk in the campus to sit with the students waiting on her. Y'all, I'm sitting there. And I wasn't paying attention where I was coming from I'm paying attention where I'm going because it was cold so when I got in there my husband said okay Ariel threw with the exam he said I'm gonna go ahead and warm up the car I said okay I'll meet you at the car he said which way you go I said I'm going that way <laughs> he said Amanda you don't go that way you go this way I said Ariel's coming from that way so that's the way I'm going he said okay go ahead that way <laughs> so he left Ariel come, I talked on the phone, I said, Ariel, which way you coming from? Because <laughs> I'm stuck in that student union with all them students, didn't know whether to go left, right, whatever. So I'm still stuck on that way. Ariel said, Mama, when you leave out the building, y'all know I mess up my rights and lefts. Turn right, Mama. Okay, I'm leaving out the building. Where you at? I don't see you. Eric said, Mama, I'm looking at you. That way. That's the way my husband told me to go. What am I saying to y'all? I was not paying attention. My focus was on getting to my destination, not looking at my surroundings. So I didn't want to hear nothing he said. I didn't want to hear nothing my daughter said. I'm going that way. But finally, I learned some sense, like the prodigal son. It was cold out there, 
And I said, which way are you, baby? I turned. I said, praise Jesus. There you go. I said, which way we go? She said, mama, that way. I said, girl, that's what your daddy said. So I made it back to the car. And this was the plan that all of us agreed on. Next exam is at 4 o'clock. We going somewhere <laughs> that we just can drive through. This was the plan. We don't have to get out. But we didn't do that. We went to Franklin and we ate. What am I saying? You don't pay attention. You get lost. You get lost and you're going to end up right back where you started. So that's what I'm saying, how the word worked, y'all. So this is why Moses kept saying, listen, Israel. Hearken, listen, pay attention unto these statues. And this is the key right here. He said, and do them. This is why Moses was saying this. Now listen what he said. That you may live. Let me read it again. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statues, unto the judgments which I teach ye for to do them, that you may live. Listen what live mean, y'all, when you look it up. Live mean to live well, to be prosperous, to flourish. Y'all don't get it, do you? He said, listen. Y'all got to listen to the word, to the teachings that you're getting. And you got to do them. Not only listening, but you got to do. You can't be a hearer and not a doer. It won't work. You listen, you do, and you're going to live. You're going to live well. Y'all, God wants us to live well. Look at your neighbor say, he don't just want you to live. He wants you to live well. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have success. Yo, I can just dance right there. He just don't want you to live. He wants you to live well. He wants you to prosper and be in good health. That's what the word does for you. And what do we do? We throw it out the window. He said, this is how you're going to live. According to the word. That ain't it. Listen at this. Now, this is what he said. Listen, hearken, pay attention to these statutes, these judgments, the word that I'm teaching you. He said, and do them that you may live, this is the key, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers give you. He already gave us everything we need, but you got to possess it. You got to occupy what he has given you. He said, the only way you can do it it's to hearken, to listen to the teachings that I'm giving you and doing it so you can live well in the land that I have already given you. Y'all don't get it? You can't do it outside of the word. And some of us are trying to live well. You can't live well without the word. Y'all, I'm living well. But I'm going higher and higher. Because if you're living by the word of God, somebody should see you prosperous. Somebody should see you successful. People shouldn't see you always saying, I ain't got nothing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your bank may say it ain't nothing in there, but I got something. As that man says, as long as I got King Jesus, don't need nothing else. He sung that song too. So as long as we got King Jesus, we got everything that we need to live this prosperous life. He's the word. But then Moses didn't stop there, y'all. Listen what he said here. This is the catch. Ye shall not add unto the word. 
which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it. That means take away. Don't we see that now? People are adding to what they want to say to the word. Taking away from it. He said, don't you do that. You don't add to my word and you don't take away from my word. And then he goes on to say this. That ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Now, go down to verse 6. Listen at what verse 6 says. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. Which shall hear all these statutes and say. Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who have God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we can call upon him for? Now listen at this, y'all. He's saying right here, we got to take this word wherever we go, on your jobs. First, it starts at home. You're supposed to see your life prospering right there in your home. You're supposed to be living well in your home. You're supposed to take it outside of your home. When you take it outside of your home and you're around people, they're going to know who you're serving. That's what he's saying. He said, this land that you go into, he said, I want you to know these statutes. I want you to know my word because when they are amongst you, they're going to know that you're walking with wisdom. You're walking with understanding. You, you have everything that you need because you and me, they're going to know that you're serving me. Y'all, how can we miss this? Why are we missing it? Because we ain't in the word. When we know what the word does, this is where we stay. We make sure that this word get in us. When the word get in you, you don't have a problem living like you should live. Nobody shouldn't have to tell you what to do and how to do it because you're living according to the word. You are not born of this earth. You're born from above. So you're supposed to keep your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. And when you do that, people know where you're from. Some people can't tell if we save or if we sin. Are you saved? Why ask me that? Who want to know, right, Jim? And the reason why I can say that is because when I worked on the job, we had several um, men to come through to try to change the office. And one man that came through to try to change the office, he was a, a nice man. But they caught him up in something. So he got so scared of what he should say and what he shouldn't say because they took it out of content. Now, I'm working up under him. He's the CFO, and I'm the director of, of accounts. So I needed to ask him a question. So I go up to him, and I'm asking him the question. He, he put his hand in his pocket. He looked at me. He said, and who want to know? I said, I want to know. <laughs> so he was so afraid that he didn't know how to answer or, or who to say something to. He didn't know who the traitor was. So what am I telling you? When it comes to the word of God, y'all, they're supposed to be changed. Dealing with us. Because if you have a new life in Christ, you're supposed to be representing the new life that you have in Christ. And this is what we do when it comes to the word of God. We don't take the word of God lightly. We got to know that the word is our lifeline, y'all. We cannot live without the word. You are spiritual beings. This is how you stay spiritually fit. It's through the word of God. Have you ever seen some saints that it, that's not spiritually fit? Yes, I have. Some saints that don't care about the things of God, they ain't spiritually fit. Because when you care about the things of God, you're going to do things according to the way God does them. 
And you're going to make sure they're going to stay in that pattern that God want them to be. You're going to stay in your lane. So to stay spiritually fit, you're going to have to go into the word of God and renew your mind on a daily basis and know how God want things. Y'all, we got so many churches that's out of order because they're not going by the order that God would have for his churches to go by. They're going by what man want to do. But if we run the churches the way God would have us to run them, y'all, it would be a lot of people doing what they need to be doing and stop doing what they shouldn't be doing. You got too many people getting tired because their roof is on the ground because the pastor is the covering, but the roof is on the ground because they're trying to do it all themselves when they're supposed to have the fivefold helping them to lift up the roof. And when you don't understand that, you're doing things out of the ordinary because you want the glory. You want to be the top dog. You want to say what you've done. You ain't done nothing. You couldn't even choose yourself. God had to choose you. That's why when I go to God, I say, God, you chose me for this. I, I tell him, come on, when you get upset, you chose me for this. I didn't ask for this, so evidently. It's still more in me, so help me, help me, Lord. For real, y'all, I'm telling you, you know, it's God, too. When I go to God, I'm for real. I say, God, evidently, it's still some more in me, so you, you better help me. I get like Moses. Moses, he cried out to God and said, God, you better help me with these rebels, these stiff-necked people. You better help me with them because they done gone to rebelling and lying and doing everything else. God, you chose me for this. Then I have to sit up there and wait. Speak, Lord. Speak to me. <laughs> Y'all know them songs, don't you? And he been speaking all the time. We just don't want to hush. Be still and know that I'm God if I get any stiller. So this is what I'm saying. We have to take the word of God for what it is. And now I want to tell you this. When you take the word of God for what it is, that's what, how you're going to live by the word of God. Going back to Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, it's talking about how Nehemiah, you know, he was sent to build those walls. And we know Nehemiah had to have help, right, building those walls. Once Nehemiah and them got those walls built, guess what they did, y'all? They called in Ezra, which was a scribe of the law. Ezra was coming in to teach them. Now, look, once you get a house built, apostle. Them fivefold building the house. Now they got to teach the people that's coming in the house. So once they built those walls up, God said, okay, they got to be taught my statutes. They got to be taught my way of doing things so this wall can be kept. So they brought in old Ezra. And as Ezra began to teach y'all, the Bible said that when Ezra began to teach, Ezra taught for about six hours dealing with the statues of God. And as he taught, the people began to cry. The people began to mourn. Why? Because the words that he was giving unto them, it brought conviction unto those people. And they knew they can't meet up to what God is saying. But then they began to encourage them and say, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Go on and help the other people, telling them to help them because it was a, a festival that day. It was a feast that they were having before the Lord. But they were getting taught the word of God. The word of God will change you, y'all. But look how long they stayed in it for them to be mourning. It was six hours. 
And do you know we can't get six hours out of people in a whole week for the word? Can't get six hours out of saints for a whole week to be in the word. Look how silent it is. We give a job eight hours, 12 hours. Can't even give the word six hours a week. But they stood there for six hours listening to the statutes and the decrees of God because God knew you can't even keep this wall without my statutes and laws. That's why you have to be taught. Because you got to be kept by the word. That's why you, you leave out of here and whatever I'm giving you, you go back home and you get in it for yourself and you search the scriptures for yourself so that word can get in you so you can be a part of what God is doing. You can't even be a part of what God is doing until you take the word for yourself. Even though you're born again, you can be far-fetched from what this church is doing because you're not taking the word that God has given me to give you so you can be a part of what God is doing in this house. It's too many people being a part of stuff but don't even know the word for themselves. You know why? Because it's a spirit of rejection in the atmosphere. Hear me. See me. Be attached to me. I want to be a part of that. Everything for you to be a part of, people. So then, how do we do this, y'all? We have to prepare our hearts. The Bible said in the book of Ezra, before Ezra could even teach those statutes and those laws, in Ezra, the seventh chapter, verse 10, it said, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and commandments. I cannot be up here teaching you anything if I hadn't prepared my heart to do what I'm teaching you. This is what messes up the body of Christ. You got preachers. You got pastors telling somebody to do something that they ain't doing themselves. That, that's not in alignment with the word. The Bible said that Ezra prepared his heart before he taught it. He prepared his heart to do it. He had to do it himself before he can even teach it. What am I saying? Quit telling somebody something you're not doing. Don't get up here and teach something that you know you're not doing. Because let me tell you something. If I'm up here teaching you something I'm not doing, my husband will be over there like, making all kind of, are you making faces at me? <laughs> Y'all, I'm going to be real. I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. I ain't got nothing to hide. Because, see, I, I, I told y'all what I did up there in UNC Chapel Hill. But I humbled myself. And we laughed about it. I didn't sit up there and say, I know what I said. You dismissed it. I know what I said. No, I just hushed my mouth and said it real slow. Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> but some of us are so full of pride. We're biting our tongue and our mouth to it bleed because we don't want to say we were wrong. And we're wondering why we're waking up and, and our tongue feel funny. Because you done bit it so much. Y'all, we need to come off this. This ain't nothing to play with. I'm telling you the truth right now. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm just butt crazy. It takes the word to live here on earth. You cannot live without the word. 
You have to take this word seriously. And people get mad when you leave them to themselves. I leave you to yourself because you want to be left to yourself because you don't want to get into the word. So I leave you to yourself. And when I leave you to yourself, the devil come in. And that's when you realize you want to live. Y'all didn't know? Because if you ain't listening, nobody can't babysit you. You're supposed to be off milk. You're supposed to be on meat. You're supposed to know the difference. Nobody shouldn't have to always tell you, shh, don't say that, shh, don't do that, shh, don't take offense, shh. You should hear the Holy Spirit for yourself. And some people say, okay, you're saying not to forget the law. Tell me what I need to do, I done told you. What did I say? Who heard that? What was the main topic of this teaching? What did anybody else get? What did anybody else get? See, everybody got something. Now, do what you got. You got to do something with it. Don't just put it down and go eat natural food. Pick it back up and say, God, you speaking to me. You speaking to me. So you telling me in order to live a prosperous life, to live God, I need the word. Y'all quit running all over everywhere and run into this Bible. I mean, run smack into it and stay there. Because if you stay in this word, you cannot hold unforgiveness. You cannot hold offense. You cannot hold pride. You're going to have to go to somebody, even if it's your cat or dog, and apologize. Even you'll remember when you hurt your dog and say, come here, buddy, come here. I'm so sorry. I'm serious. When you get it right, you apologize to even animals. And say, yeah, I stepped on your toe. I meant to step on your toe, but I was wrong for stepping on your toe. Forgive me for stepping on your toe. And that dog goes, I know you understand me, buddy. You can't even hold a grudge against a dog. Y'all serious? Can you, honey? See, he ain't, he, he ain't got there yet. Y'all should have looked at him. He haven't gotten there yet when it come to my dog. Pray for my husband. So I'm telling you right now, y'all, the word will keep you. The word will give you everything that you need. If you're going through something right now in your life, get into the word. Let the word get into you, and that word will bring you some life in the midst of that situation. If you're still trying to fix it, that word ain't in you the way it need to be, because that's when the rest come in. The ones that trusted God, that mixed faith with the word of God, they entered into the rest. See, you got to believe what the word of God is saying. That's the first thing. And you got to say, Holy Spirit, what's stopping me from believing the word? What's stopping me from getting into this word? Holy Spirit, I need your help. I can't do it by myself, because it seems like every time I get ready to go in it, seem like I'm turned away from it. So I need some help, Holy Spirit. So what you got to do, you got to do like the woman with the issue of blood. You got to press your way. You got to keep pressing your way. Meaning that you got to close yourself off and get away from everybody. I remember my granddaddy, he'll be sitting out there in the parking lot at Wilson's 
He'll get him some quiet time away from the house because people were always calling on him. So he'll sit there and just meditate and just get into that word. He says, sometimes you got to get away from all of this so you can get that word for yourself. Whatever you're putting before the word, y'all, it won't work. I'll give you an example. This is, this is the last scripture, not unless the Holy Spirit give me another one. There was a king in 2 Kings, the first chapter. His name was Ahaziah. And Ahaziah, he had fell through a lettuce in the upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. Now, this is what this dude did, y'all. There was um, Elijah in Israel, and he was the one that would speak on the behalf of God. Do you know what this man had the audacity to do? He sent a messenger, and he said, go to um, Baal, ba- um, who's that? Um, Baal Zabub, and he's a god of Ekron. And he wanted to ask him if he was going to live. <laughs> this was a dumb, dumb god that couldn't speak. But he said, I want you to go to him and ask him if I'm going to live and have a word of God right there in Israel. Come on, some of us are some Isaiahs in here. Is that his name? Isaiahs. Some of us go to people that don't even know God. They ask them, am I going to make it? (laughs) And you should have seen the word Elijah sent back to him. And guess what? The man died. Because Elijah said, you're going to die. You went to a dumb God, and he, he ain't even alive. Now, you're going to die. Why? Because the word is what gives you life. The word is what gives you life. So we got to start applying the word. You can't wait till your situation come up to apply. See, we get mad when we start saying, and my God shall supply all my needs, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you know your light bill is due at 5 o'clock. Now you applying the word because you don't want your lights to be cut out. But when you're using the word all along and you resting in God, you're saying, God, I know that you're my present help in the time of trouble. God, I honor you. And being that I honor you, I honor your word. So I know you got me in this and you go on. And God give you faith. That's what's supposed to be happening, y'all. We're supposed to be going to him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. So what are you seeking first and foremost? Whatever you seek in a home, ever you seeking, that's where you pull in your supply from. But when you seek him and you trusting in him with all your heart, leaning not to your own understanding, but acknowledging him in all your ways, guess what? He will direct your, your paths. And, and I'm going to close with this little testimony dealing with me. Me and my husband been going, 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 and, you know, we've been resting in between, and I've been getting into my word. But I'm the type of uh, pastor that when I bring a word to you, I want to make sure that that's what God wants me to present. To the house. I'm not just pulling anything just to say I gave you something. I don't, I don't play like that because that's just like giving a dog a bone and just say eat it. But that's not what the dog should have. And I'm not calling nobody a dog. But it bothered me. I said, okay, Lord, um, I don't know what you want me to give your people because I had so much floating around in my head that I could have set the table with. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. So as I sat there, and I don't like going on no trip when I ain't hearing nothing. You know, to me, I feel like this. I can't enjoy a ride 
when I ain't hearing what I need to hear. It just bothers me. So I said, okay. So I set up that night, and I wasn't here. I said, okay, God, I'm just going to shut the word, and when it's time, you'll give it to me. I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone, but I'm just going to go in peace. I'm going to rest. See, y'all, I have to do what I'm telling y'all to do. I'm arresting you, Holy Spirit. You know what the people need, so I'm arrest. So we took our journey down the road, and I'm still reading the Bible and not hearing anything. So, y'all, I get into the, the student union, and I'm sitting there, and all the students looking at the snow and everything, and I'm pulling out my Bible. Y'all, I'm pleased to pull out my word. They got out their textbooks, but I got out the word. And I'm sitting there with my word, and I'm going back and forth and just reading the word. And all of a sudden, y'all, I look around in the room. And as I look around in the room, I see all of these students. And as I look around in the room, the Lord began to open up to me even more. And I said, God, you put my daughter in a place that she thought she couldn't be in, that I thought we couldn't afford. And all of a sudden, I got overwhelmed. And tears began to come in my eyes. I said, God, this was your doing. It wasn't mine. It was yours, God. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful because when I looked around and looked at the campus and looked at the things that the campus represent and how you've done this, God, I'm just overwhelmed with looking around. And all of a sudden, the Lord was reminding me about his word. And I turned to Proverbs, the third chapter. Y'all, God began to put everything right in place. My word is what prospered you. My word is what gave you life. My word is what took your daughter to the place that she's in now because you took my word for what it was. And that's why my word worked. And I say, God, I give you glory. What am I telling y'all? We forget this word at times. But God will put us in a place and have us to look around and he'll reopen and have us to revisit. If I done that, what else could I not do for you? See, he had to remind me. God reminds you of what his word brings, y'all. And if we will wait on him and we will take the time and quit trying to do it ourselves, because I'm not the type of pastor to try to give you something that's going to make you feel good. Then the word is going to bring you the life, but God want to bring correction as well. God want to set a table that has you to build, to plant, to tear down, to root up, because you got to root up some stuff before you can build and plant. You got to tell them this is what's stopping you. And then you can build, but we're trying to build on top of mess. You cannot build on top of mess. You got to tell people the truth. Yes, feel good sermons make you feel good, but tell me what's wrong with me. Tell me, you're telling me to have a happy and prosperous life. Why ain't I having one? You're telling me how to have one, and that's a feel-good moment. But I want to know what's stopping me from having one. Come on, don't when you go to a doctor, they ask you questions. You got to get to the root of why you having these problems. Come on. That's what we're missing, the root of the matter. So once we get to the root of it, we can deal with it. We can start pulling it up, y'all, but we want a quick fix. We don't want to deal with the root of nothing. You know, we just want to go on. We just want to keep moving. If I don't have to deal with it, that's the best thing I could ever do. Just don't deal with it. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Then all of a sudden, it crumbles. And then you're wondering. 
well, I don't know what could. I raised them better than that. I just don't know what could have happened to them. Because we let it keep going and going and going, and we never stopped to seek the Lord, to ask the Holy Spirit, to pray and say, God, something ain't right. And you're the only one that can help me with this. And then the Lord, the Holy Spirit, began to bring the word back to your remembrance. And that's where you begin to start from. Y'all, this is no time to be playing church. This is a time to take this word for what it is because the famines that you've been reading about in this Bible, the way things are going now, tax cuts, I mean, they're cutting. They're cutting as far as they can cut. But when you know who you belong to and who take care of you, you're going to rest. You ain't going to be trying to do something to get something. You're going to rest in him. Quit depending on man. Man can't fix. Didn't y'all see all these kings in the Bible had good kings? Then they had to get a bad one. They didn't want to tear down no groves. They wanted to build some. They wanted to worship of the gods. But then they got another good one. And it kept going up and down, didn't it? God kept sending the words to the prophets and telling them what to do. So God is sending you a word today. Take heed to that word. Listen to it. Obey it and do it. And then you will live. Then you can go in and possess. You're trying to go in and possess something without the word. It ain't going to work. That's why you ain't got it yet. God's already given it to you, but you can't occupy and possess it because you're trying to do it without the word. You're trying to do it with your good looks. Ain't going to happen, Captain. So it's time for us to be real for God. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah to God be the glory. Do we have any visitors today?